Live from 1640 AM Ironbound Radio in New York, New Jersey, it's Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe. Wide receiver. 
Um, thank you to the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers and for the Cincinnati Bengals for losses this week. The Jets now have a meaningful game this Sunday. And meaningful? Well, actually What's not this meaningful Sunday. exactly? Meaningful meaning that if they win and other teams lose, they have a shot to make the playoffs. Uh, unbelievably. Come and, on. and I'm not even talking about playing Sunday. They're playing Monday night against the Titans. Um, Jets have to do with what they got to do. They got to win the game and hope for a uh, Pittsburgh loss again and as well as a Cincinnati Bengal loss. But the reason why I, I bring up the Jets is because, again, they're relevant in terms of if they win and other teams lose. What? What's that? Uh, that was a jet of jet some sort? Yeah, it was a jet start. So, uh, sir, I think that the Jets go into Tennessee, a, ten- a team that is probably just as bad as the Jets. I don't I don't think the Jets are going to actually win this game. I think that in Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans have played a little bit better. They actually gave the Indianapolis Colts a good run. They were, they unfortunately lost last week, but I think that the Jets, if they're not going to get good quarterback play and better defensive play, uh, the Jets are going to lose on Monday night, and then their season will officially be over once again. I know I've, put, I've ended the season maybe three or four times, but this circus just goes on and on and on. Braylon Edwards, for example, makes the, these stupid comments about the Mets, uh, the Jets' ownership is just a bunch of circus, and then uh, a day later he gets signed. I mean, what the, yeah, exactly, Mets too. They're a circus too. Uh, but sir, the, the, you know, let's let's focus on the other teams since we're a little bit behind. Let's talk about your Giants. They played a. a well, but, I mean, we could have kept talking about the Jets if you like. Uh, I'd actually like to get your opinion on the Berlin Edwards thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a joke. Why is that a joke, sir? I, I just think that it's too late in the season to bring a wide receiver. I mean, you're going to ask Mark Sanchez to uh, reconnect with a core with a wide receiver he used to throw to two years ago, three years ago. And they're not going to be in sync. I mean, it's going to be another reason why they're going to want to get rid of Mark Sanchez. But at the same time, I mean, he's more talented than any wide receiver you have on the team, physically speaking. Uh, physically speaking, I guess. But uh, uh, I, I, uh, that's about it. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about the Giants? So let's talk about the Giants. They had a commanding, abusive 52-27 to win over the New Orleans Saints, who are just not the same team without Sean Payton, with uh, the Spygate and whatever. I'm sorry, Spygate, that's uh, the Patriots. With this whole scam, this whole thing going on with the NFL, of course, we could touch on that later. But um, the Giants did a great job, sir. Look at Eli Manning at four touchdowns, uh, two picks. Eh, not too great, but it threw over 250 yards. You had David Wilson over 100 yards. Uh, he had two touchdowns. And, sir, he returned four kickoffs for over 227 yards. One of those was a 97-yard touchdown. Sir, you know, he's a, he is the first player in NFL history with at least 200 kickoff return yards and 100 rushing yards in the same game. Why are we not streaming on Ustream? Uh, I guess because Nelson is uh, forgot to pay the bill. I mean, it's you know, I, 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 let's not even talk about that right now. Um, Nelson's over there taking a nap, folks. But uh, but aside from that, I just can't oh. can't see it apparently. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, sir. So uh, David Wilson is probably going to see an expanded role, considering that Ahmad Bradshaw is injured, may not play this week. Uh, give me your thoughts on that, sir. Um, yeah, I think the Jets. Uh, The Giants' Giants ability to draft these players is amazing. Wilson, a rookie, uh, fills right in for an injured, uh, who is it, Ahmad Bradshaw? Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, The guy puts up a a career year, only the Giants and maybe the Patriots. (laughs) Okay, bad news, folks, no camera. And that would explain why there's no no use stream going on. But the Giants, again, with Wilson and Eli, Eli throwing, what, four touchdowns uh, on Sunday, just had a great game. Uh, against the Saints, you know, their their defense is just not there, especially if there are all those suspensions. Um, uh, a commercial going on here. 
But anyway, uh, the Giants, uh, they go in, they, they take care of the Saints. Uh, the, the one thing, sir, I keep telling you this, is that the it seems like their pass defense is just not that good this year. The Giants, you mean? The Giants. Well, I mean, when you look at the whole the whole team, that that's definitely been a, a weak spot for them, the, the pass defense. I mean, they can get lit up, they can get torched by just about uh, any yeah. number of teams, sir. So the Giants have a one-game lead as we look at the standings on page two of my nice little rundown, sir. Um, you know, they have a one-game lead, and they don't control their destiny in terms of if the Giants do go and lose this week to – who are they playing? I believe they're playing the Falcons in Atlanta. Um, yes, they are, sir. But the Redskins beat whoever they're playing when I get a chance to look at that. When the Redskins beat Cleveland and the Cowboys, if they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, again, as a Jet fan, you want the Pittsburgh Steelers to lose to the Dallas Cowboys. It's a win-win. You know, the Giants are hurt, and the, well, the Jets are benefited from it. But uh, the Giants will not control their destiny if they lose this week and the other two teams win in your division. Well, hopefully that's not going to happen. Uh, I do believe they're going to beat the Falcons. Sir, this reminds me of an old Falcon lover, a guy who was on our show last year, the infamous, the uh, atrocious, the horrific Sal Licata, sir. Oh, That's right, that's right. I remember that whole debacle after we had Sal and he betrayed us. He, he turned on us and like scum. What scum he is. But, sir, uh, the, the Falcons, are, you're going into Atlanta – and Atlanta just lost last week. I think it's a tough time you're playing the Falcons, honestly. Uh, I, I am picking the Falcons here in a close game. I know that you're never going to pick against the Giants. Of course, never. And, and when you look at it, when you the fact that the Falcons are, what are they, 14? What, what's their record? Uh, yeah, page two. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Joe has all these notes for me. I, I'm not used to this here. 11-2, and two, that was close. 14-2. This needs to be over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um so they're eleven and two. They're doing a great job. The Giants are eight and five. Should be like eleven and two, pretty much. But um, I don't know, man. They're three and three on the road. They're gonna win. I, I have no no doubt the Giants are gonna win, which probably means they'll lose. The other big game I want to talk about this past week um, was Monday night. You know, you had the Texans going into New England, and you know the Texans had an eleven one record. The New England Patriots were nine and three, but uh, the New England Patriots showed that this year the AFC is going through New England. I mean, they put a whooping on them like there's like they play, the Patriots looked like they were playing the Jets this past Monday night. They they made the Texans look so bad in every facet. It was sad to see as a Patriot hater as myself. Well, of course, I mean you know you're, you you can't ever root for the Patriots in your situation. I mean the Texans. You know, they're a good team, sir, but uh, you look at them, all right, they lost this week. Do you think that they're going to go to all the way? Are they going to make it to the Super Bowl? Uh, after seeing them play the Patriots in New England, I have a lot of question marks with that team. I guess they're, they're a different team at home. They're 5-1. and one, Basically, they're 5-1 and one at home and 6-1 and one on the road. But um, if, if they're Sounds gonna, like pretty much the same record. Yeah, but if they're going to have to go to New England to play for the AFC title, I, I don't think that the, uh, the Texans have a shot in New England, to be honest with you. You look at some other teams, and, and sir, look at – Look at your boy Peyton Manning. Oh, he's the man. I love Peyton Manning. They have won eight straight games. They're ten and three. I mean, they're they're going for the number two seed right now. It maybe even the number one seed. It's sir, unbelievable. Sir, how amazing is it that the Colts, who are nine and four, and then of course with the with the uh, Broncos, both teams came out good on this whole Peyton Manning deal. The fact that they got rid of him, they sent him to uh, the Broncos, helped the Broncos big time. They're ten and three. You know, the Colts are nine and four. And Andrew Luck has been amazing. So what what are the odds of that? Who would have ever thought that both of these teams would be successful in the immediate future considering, you know, getting rid of the franchise quarterback? It's really amazing. And with only three weeks to go, only some uh, teams have clinched their division. you got the Patriots, the Texans, and the Broncos that clinched their divisions. The Falcons on the NFC side, and everything else is pretty much still up in the air. Some key games, sir, this week you got 
the Cincinnati Bengals playing tomorrow night against the Philadelphia Eagles. In terms of the Jets, you want the Eagles to beat the Bengals, obviously. Definitely, maybe. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a game. That's the big game right there, folks. Pittsburgh Steelers against the Dallas Cowboys. As a Jet fan, I'll be rooting for the Steelers. The Cowboys. You'll be rooting for the Steelers. Right. And then <laughs> and two other big games. You okay, sir? Take a drink of water. I think you need one. I haven't been in the studio for what, like a month. It's, it seems it's, like it. It's definitely been that way. So you look at the teams. The other big game, sir. Give me your take on a potential Super Bowl matchup. The San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers against the New England Patriots on Sunday night. Um, I think that the uh, 49ers are going to win. I think that they're going to kick the living crap out of the Patriots. I think that they're going to win by 50 points. No, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I have to, unfortunately for you, I, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because the Patriots are, you know, they're they're so far ahead of you guys anyway. Um, I think the Patriots are going to win. I think that the, the shine, the luster is off the 49ers. And their whole quarterback thing. I mean, who's going to be the quarterback this week? Is it going to be Alex Smith or uh, Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, it's probably going to be Kaepernick at this point. What's interesting is I saw an article about Kaepernick uh, last week where he, he was actually given up for adoption as a kid, and his, his birth mother has tried to get back in touch with him, and he's kind of like oh. shunned her, as it were. But, I mean, it seems like it was, she was in a bad uh, situation, but it, it was just kind of uh, interesting to read about him. And it's all about the money. I mean, she's now one of the claiming Kaepernick. I mean, he's about to get a big payday next year, I'm sure. He's going to sign a big contract with the 49ers at this point. So what about Alex Smith? Didn't he just sign a contract with them? Yeah, but did he? I thought he did. Oh, I don't think he's going to be even on the team next year. I think they're going to release him. Did you? Or maybe they picked up an option on that. That could be what it is. <coughs> did you hear who else the 49ers released? Who? Brandon Jacobs. They did, really? They released him because you know what he said about the team? What? He said, I'm just rotting here on the bench, and they don't want to put me in. Oh, my gosh. You think he's going to come back to the Giants as, like, a fourth-string uh, running back? I mean, the rumor is that he's going to make up with uh, Rex Ryan. He's going to be a Jet. And that that was just complete the circus for this year. Brandon Jacobs. Remember, he wanted to go into wrestling. I think he made uh there was an angle with him on the yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So you never know. He might actually be a wrestler after this. Well, I mean, he has talent. I'm glad the Giants let him go because I think that for a guy his size, 6'4", 250-something pounds, he doesn't push through the hole. He doesn't do what he has to do. Um, he was good in the Giants because Ahmad Bradshaw did most of the work, and then you throw him in there, get a couple of yards here. But you would think that a guy who could be a big bruising back that size would be a better running back, but he's not. Uh, maybe he's playing the wrong position, but I, I think that would be an improvement for the Jets. Just having a running game as it is, honestly. I mean, I think that would be a good move if they get him. But the crazy thing is, didn't he get a he got a pretty decent deal from the from the 49ers, and then to be cut like that, you know, week what 15? That's that's pretty bad, sir. Pretty bad. And then your first year, that's the worst part. Yep. So you look at the two local teams, sir. Uh, just, just just give me a reason why you think that the Giants are going to go into Atlanta. If you look at it, actually the print's pretty bad. Atlanta's like six and zero at home right now. Tell me why they're going to go in and beat the Falcons. Because the Giants always do the unexpected. If you expect them to win, they're going to lose. You expect them to lose, they're going to win. I mean, I didn't think they were going to destroy the the Saints like they did. So they're they're just going to pull a rabbit out of their their hats, sir. I think uh, you know the Giants. There's three and three on the road, so not horrible on the road. They are road road warriors, as it were, when it comes to winning the Super Bowl. I have no doubt that the Giants are going to win this Sunday. As a matter of fact, I think they are going to win. Um, I'd say 35-24. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a much closer game than that. I, I'm just going to pick the Falcons only because the Falcons are home and they're just pretty hard to beat at home, as you can see. They're undefeated. The one thing that's going to happen to the Jets, I say I can't see it because the Prince terrible. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. The one thing that's going to happen with the Jets is that they're going to, you're going to have the teams that they need to lose will lose, but the Jets will also lose. 
It's going to be terrible. So everyone's going to lose. Yep. Tomorrow, I guarantee you that the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles will beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and then you'll probably you have guarantee. To, yeah, I'm guaranteeing. You're put some. You're, you're announcing in the bet on this. You're going to put the money on this. And what are we? What are we doing here? We'll wager uh, next month's electric bill. Um, <laughs> and you got the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Dallas Cowboys. That's a pretty good game, and I bet you the Cowboys uh, win that. Speaking of the Cowboys, sir, another tragic, another tragedy in the NFL. We have the death of um, I don't even know the guy's first name. Mr. Brown, we'll call him. Um, and then there's just so much information that's coming out of this car accident where the person that was driving Brent or something like that was, uh, you know, get, gets out of the car. That's a great job. Great, great job investigating reporting. Yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. everyone's been talking about it. But the, the, big, uh, the big issue is that he uh, seemed to get out of the car and didn't want to even save his friends. Who knows how drunk he really was. An eyewitness, a lady, recounts the story saying that he just walked away, wouldn't help his friend have a burning car. You're talking about Josh Brent and Jerry Brown Jr.? Sure. Them. Well, actually, I actually read the uh, the uh, article, sir, and uh, uh, you're talking about Brown who who died, and uh, <clears throat> Mr. Brent who was his was the person driving, you know, the car flipped over, whatever the case is, and the mother actually wanted him to ride in the car with with you know the body and everything, and she forgave him, which of course is basically what he's looking for. But think about it, I mean, you're in a car accident, you're drunk, you're you you. you your teammate, friend, whatever the case is. I mean, they weren't sure if he was dead. And when they pulled him out, he wasn't dead. Um, but that whole situation is going on. It's like four in the morning. What kind of frame of mind are you going to be in? I mean, you're not going to be like you, you get into a car accident right now. You haven't had a, an ounce of liquor in you. You're, you're it's going to be totally different. But you're still going to be dazed. You're still going to be disoriented. But add alcohol on top of that. I mean, when I read it, it's, it looked bad. You know, as far as um, Brent goes and what he didn't do, and he seemed to not want to pull his friend out. But if this is lifelong friend, I mean, I, I just think that he was probably drunk and out of it. You know what's the saddest part is, and I'm sure you know this, but we'll we'll talk about it to the audience, is that the NFL has this car service that if you're uh, if you even have one drink, they'll call a car service for you and they'll actually drive your car home and then they'll put you in a limo so that you don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You know what pisses me off? And uh, this is you know, uh, drink drinking and driving, unfortunately, uh, something that happened in my family. I won't get into all that, but um, those of you who know me personally would know what I'm talking about. And uh, it's just, you have to be so dumb to drive drunk. And these guys make so much money. Look at Jason Kidd. You know, he got into a car accident uh, earlier in the year. These guys are filthy rich. Even if they're not, you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to call a cab. How hard is that? Why would anybody, especially these athletes, why would you ever drive a car even remotely intoxicated? It makes no sense. Like you said, there's car services. Um I think I read somewhere that Derek Jeter never drives anywhere. You know, he always takes a limo or he always takes has a driver, whatever the case is. He goes with his friends, leaves with his friends. So he's always responsible when it comes to that, which is why you never hear of Derek. You never hear of Jeter drunk driving. You never hear of him, you know, uh, some woman claiming whatever against him because he's a smart guy when it comes to that. But the truth is, when you when you go when you go into that whole thing, <laughs> when you can, he does drive a Ford, by the way. Good stuff. But when you look at this this whole uh, situation, it's just a glaring example of irresponsibility. But there's no reason to be irresponsible. You're a you're a thousandaire. You're a millionaire. You're making money up the wazoo. Why would you ever see Nelson on the camera? And I wave to the people. Nelson, why would you ever ever drive drunk? It's just so stupid. You're right. You can afford it. Pay somebody. Have your your friend drive. Why would you ever? It's so. And then you have tragedies like this. You know, your lifelong friend, you kill them. You never get over something like that. That One family is completely shattered. You know, lives are ruined and destroyed. 
All because this other guy was an idiot and drove when he was intoxicated. You're right. And, again, this is a service that the NFL provides. It's a free service to all their players. But, sir, even if they didn't provide that service, there's still no excuse. No, you're right. I'm just saying you, you have uh, many people to blame here. Even the people, honestly, sir, I, I, it upsets me, the people that get into the car with somebody that's already drunk. Like, why would you ever want to drive with somebody that's with uh, completely uh, drunk at this point? Is beyond me, too. Uh, you know, you have to tell but your even friends. But even if you weren't trashed i mean just the fact that you all right you've had a couple of drinks that's no i'm not driving with you or i'll drive or get somebody else to drive that's what gets me is why would even if you, even if the person's not drunk you've had alcohol it impairs you it's proven to impair you so why you're right and uh, again you're affecting many different lives you're affecting your friend's life your own life and then you're affecting the life of a stranger because if you're drunk you can end up hitting somebody else and killing them so it's it's a no-win situation at all, sir. It's it's very sad. Uh, back-to-back week tragedies with, you know, you had Tolver basically uh, kill himself and his girlfriend, and then you had this tragedy this weekend. Hopefully the NFL doesn't have another black eye this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, but the, but even that, even the black eye situation to me, it's not, it's, it's not relevant. The relevancy of it is that people died. And, again, even if you don't care about other people, care about yourself, care about your friend. It's just... This this is a sore subject with me, and it just pisses me off. And like I said, if you knew the the details, but even if you don't, it's just unintelligent, sir. All right, so folks, that's a wrap on week fifteen preview on in the football. league where they play. Bye-bye. Okay, so <laughs> we're at six thirty already, folks. So uh, let's take a timeout, and uh, we'll be right back. Yes, folks. Hi, this is Morgan Willard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010. Make sure to check out Pure Gold every week at puregoldpg.com. Dave and Joe always bring the best in entertaining talk radio and great guests like me. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nikki Boyer, the host of Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and you're listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo from the Pixel 11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives at puregoldpg.com. And make sure you check mine out. You might learn a thing or two from some of the biggest brains in the business. Folks, welcome back to Pure Gold. It's December 12th, 2012. I'd be remiss to mention that we are the appetizer, the the um, yeah, the uh, encore, the whatever you want to call it, the appetizer to the big thing that's going to happen tonight at 7:30 on basically 37 different American channels worldwide. We got the concert for Leaf for Hurricane Sandy. I don't know where you were going with that. Yeah, it's the 12, 12, 12 concert, sir. And with that, who do we have on? Yeah, folks. We- yeah, uh, thanks for that that intro, Joe. Folks, we're joined right now by comedian Lisa Correo. Um, Lisa, where I know her from, of course, is what we'll get into this, is she was on Nick Mom, or Nick Mom Night Out, and uh, it's basically Nick Jr. becomes Nick Mom at night, and uh, we're joined here by a very funny woman, which, of course, is why we wanted her on the show. Lisa, how are you doing this evening? Eh, you know, I'm all right, I guess. I, I was better before I called... You know, I, I'm listening to you guys say we're an appetizer. This isn't even the main course. Like, why couldn't I be on later with whatever's going on later? <laughs> well, I, I don't even know what my co-host was. I don't even know where that was coming from. But, uh, you know, he's a weird guy. What can I tell you? 
But uh, Lisa, now let's just let's just dive right into this. Uh, when I the, the time that I heard you, this is going back a couple of months now. Um, I think I, I originally reached out to you. You know, I know we've had some some issues in terms of booking you on the show um, on our end, of course. But what fascinated me, other than the fact that you're up there telling jokes, is um, you know you mentioned you had a career before you started doing comedy. Now, can you tell the <laughs> listening audience a little bit about yourself and how did you end up becoming a comedian? Oh, gosh. Um, first, okay, hi. Hi, everyone. Um, I, yeah, I was a teacher, actually. And uh, I taught sixth grade public school for South Florida. And I was a hilarious teacher, uh, if I do say so myself. And I felt like I could play bigger rooms. I'm like, I could really kill with 100 if I'm doing great with 30. And, of course, actually those ended up being pretty good audiences, the uh, – a room full of 30 kids, you know. But uh, now, I, you know, I used to tell my students, um, I was like, you watch one day, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. And I would just, they didn't know this, but I was, like, taking notes of, like, all the stupid stuff that they would do. And uh, I tried it one day, and I just loved it. I didn't want to do anything else after my first time on stage. Uh, that, that's pretty interesting because, um, you know, you mentioned that in the comedy set that I had heard, and you also talked about how short you are, which, of course, we'll get into that <laughs> in a minute. But um, it's an interesting thing when you're doing something, and I don't know if you were a good teacher or not. You say you were hilarious. Uh, you know, I'll have to take your word for it. But um, I was funny. You... I never said I was a good teacher, but I was definitely a funny teacher. <laughs> well, I'm, sure, I'm sure the students would remember you. Um, now, the interesting thing is you also, you know, you being on Nick Mom, this is something that I kind of wanted to get out there. What I find fascinating, and maybe, you know, you could, hopefully you can chime in on this, which is why I'm asking you the question, but um, I I know there's been a lot of controversy, stuff that I've read, stuff that my wife has told me. She actually found out about Nick Mom uh, going back a few months, and she thought it was pretty cool. And I actually think, you know, as a, as a dad myself, I actually think it's a good idea to kind of target that segment because, really, women are the ones who have babies, obviously, but they're also the ones who are taking care of their kids, doing all these different things. And why not have something targeted towards them? But I've noticed there's been a lot of negative uh, feedback and backlash and people ripping it and, you know, some people complaining about, you know, my kid's up watching Nick Jr. and then it becomes Nick Mom. I know, right? Jokes. Well, first of all, it's 10 o'clock at night. Your kids, you know, you should have your kids in bed, whatever the case is. Right. Be a responsible parent. But can you chime in a little bit on that? I mean, I'm sure you've heard a little bit as well. Oh, yeah, definitely, because, you know, when you're any TV credit's awesome, so obviously I'm very excited to be on the, that show on Nick Mom Night Out. And, uh, you know, so one of the first things I did when my episode came out was I wanted to tag their Facebook page, and when I went to their Facebook page, there were so many just hateful comments from, you know, people complaining about it, like, oh, I can't believe this. Is... Actually, I mean, you know, like one of my friends said to me, uh, the other day, he was like, I'm pretty sure that you're the first person in history to say the word swastika on Nick Jr. I'm like, man, yeah, I never thought of that, <laughs> probably. So I mean, there's definitely stuff that, you know, you don't want your kid to, like, go from, like, sitting there watching Dora the Explorer to, you know, whatever, <laughs> to me saying vagina, you know. <laughs> like, even if it's still, like, clean as far as other stand-up comedy right, sets right. go, it's still weird for your little kid. And, like... But that's, like, part of the problem, too. It's, like, so many parents just, you know, set their kid in front of the TV and leave. And just, like, all right, there's your babysitter. And they don't realize what the programming is. So, 
I guess a lot of parents were taken by surprise when they walked back into the room and it was like stand-up comedy, you know, <laughs> even though it's like mild stand-up comedy. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. So I don't know. I, I see both sides of the argument, but, uh, y- you know, I get it. My kid, you know, is a is a night owl, so she would be up late. And I, I can remember some nights I couldn't get her to sleep and I'd, you know, put on Nick Jr. And it was good to have, like, some cartoons or whatever else. But guess what? We have things called DVD players, too, that are amazing. <laughs> you can just pop one of those babies in. But it's amazing yeah. how much TV we watch, you know? No, you're, you're it's right about like, that. Right? They tell you, like, I remember when I had my child, like, she loved TV, like, day one. Like, I'm telling you a newborn baby in the hospital still, and her eyeballs were fixated on the TV. And it was just, like, almost creepy. I'm like, oh, man, my kid loves TV, too. This is cool. Like, we're going to have fun playing video games and stuff together. <laughs> but, you know, they tell you, like, your pediatrician will tell you, like, not to let your kid watch more than, like, an hour of TV every day. And I'm like, dude, what am I going to do, with like, during my 12 hours of watching TV? Like, what do I do with it? <laughs> like, do I just lock her in the closet? Like, what do I that's what Joe does with his daughter, right, Joe? Yeah, speaking of my daughter, she does watch Nick Jr., does not watch Nick Mom at 10 o'clock. She's in bed way before then, Lisa. But tell us, uh, tell the audience yeah. w- what your routine is. Like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld talks about nothing and makes it funny. What's your what's your uh, claim to fame? Oh, that's always the hardest question to answer. I have no idea what to even tell you. I It's just like I make fun of stuff, you know. I'll I'll make fun of myself. I'll make fun of other people. <laughs> And other things that I just find stupid. I can never answer that question. If people ask me all that, what's your style? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of sounds and uh, pretty colors. I cry. I'm, I don't know what to say. I just, I'm just talking, I'm just saying stuff. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, t- I talk a little bit about teaching. Um, I'll talk about my daughter. And, uh, you know, you can just talk about what you know, your experiences. That's always the easiest thing, you know. What's funny is that my wife just sent me a text message and she goes, our kid doesn't go to sleep at 10 with a big exclamation point. Yeah, but you know exactly. what? She's, she's only 14 months, so we're trying to get her to sleep. And that, that that's a whole other story. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other parents. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> on kids, paper. On paper. Yeah, exactly. On paper. On paper. <laughs> no, but seriously, like you said, all right, kids are watching TV. There's DVDs and all like other kinds of stuff. But your kids shouldn't be watching anything that you deem inappropriate for them to watch. Like I've seen some of the stuff on Nick Mom, and some of it to me is hilarious, and some of the stuff is a bit much because, you know. But then again, this is just my parenting style. I notice that a lot of people, comics, etc., they just rip how terrible it is to be a parent, or they'll basically just say like they hate their lives and stuff. And I'm like, well, I right. guess that works for you, but me, uh, you know, that's not my outlook that's not my philosophy i like being a dad i like being a parent oh Um, i completely agree with you it's funny you should say that because i've said this myself so many times that i'm i don't feel like i'm that kind of comic that's like oh i hate my kid i'm crazy about my kid it's like amazing and it's like the best thing in my life so i can't even pretend to make fun of her you know she's super cool But, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right about that, you know. Oh, and by the way, the uh, I was just in Los Angeles. Oh, because I'm so fancy. Um, I'm just saying that because my episode came on the other night, and I realized it comes on at 7 o'clock there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a bit early. Yeah, and some of the comics, some of the sets I've heard, um, like I said, it, some of the stuff is like, you know, they're making, like, sexual jokes and, all this other stuff. So I can understand why parents right? may not necessarily like Nick Mom, but again, I think it just comes down to watch what your kids watch. 
pay attention to it. I, don't yeah. just, like you said, don't just put your kid, uh, you know, like Joe does with his daughter. Don't just let her uh, the, the TV babysitter. <laughs> I mean, there. Joe's over here. You're right there. You're right there, Joe. I'm good. I'm good. I just yeah, I just want to mention that you know again, my daughter does watch Nick Jr. and I think that uh, Lisa, you'll agree that the the cartoons on Nick Jr. are more educational than the ones we used to watch with Tom and Jerry and things like that yeah. have to do with with violence. So these cartoons are are much more educational, which is a benefit to our kids these days. The one thing I've noticed over the last couple of yeah, years is sure. yeah, Nick Jr. has uh, gotten um, some more commercials in there. I remember there's a time when Nick Jr. had no yeah. commercials at all. Seems like they've gotten more advertisers and more commercials uh, to pay maybe your large salary. <laughs> to pay my large salary? Well, someone's pocketing something. <laughs> yes. There's a middleman somewhere taking that money. Yeah, I think it's, oh, uh, he's I think taking all that is, sweet, sweet money. Lisa, I think his name is Obama. <laughs> well, aside aside from all that, um, and again, the reason that I brought up the whole uh, the whole thing with Nick Jr. and Nick Mom is because I read that a lot of advertisers like joe's talking about advertising dollars a lot of advertisers were dropping it because of nick mom now i personally think that with nick having the zillions and zillions of dollars that they have they should just make a nick parent channel no seriously make right, a channel for right. moms and dads and then leave nick jr to itself so nobody can complain if you don't want to watch it don't watch it but again i saw like the jolly green giant um i forget what company that is i don't even know but several um several big companies were dropping sponsorship because of the stuff on Nick Mom, because of you know comics like Lisa, no, no, I'm just kidding. Because of a lot of yeah. the, a lot of the stuff like the shows, like uh, I don't know, Parental Controls, one of them, and there's a couple other ones. And, but a lot of it is the comedy related, you know, best moms for life. I forget what the show is called, Mom Friends Forever. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you had. A, how did you get booked for that, Lisa? I mean, who did you have to pay off to get on that show? <laughs> uh, well, I um. I had to pay off SpongeBob SquarePants and uh, greased his palms a little bit. Uh, no, I auditioned for it in, uh, I was in Boston uh, doing the uh, Women in Comedy Festival, which is uh, my favorite comedy festival, actually. And I, I've done many comedy festivals. It's totally my favorite one. It's so funny because I, I've done it a couple of times now. The first time I was going to that festival, even I was being sexist about it. I'm like, oh, women in comedy, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> it was actually amazing. <laughs> it's so good, and they just run it so well, and there's a lot of industry there. So I I was lucky enough to have that opportunity, and uh, it's also great to perform in Boston. They have wonderful comedy audiences. So it's like, oh, you guys laugh at jokes. Like, without, like you don't even have to try that hard, you know, like, some places you feel like, like I was just in Mobile, Alabama two weeks ago. you got to try hard to get them to laugh. <laughs> you got to work your butt off. And, uh, like, places like Boston, they're like, no, we, we are here ready to support you. It's, I love performing there. So, yeah, that's how I got that sweet gig, and uh pretty excited about it. Is this your ultimate goal, Lisa, to be a Nick Jr. mom comedian? <laughs> what a, I... What a fool. <laughs> I'm trying to be funny here. Uh, that was terrible. Stand they up. want to pay me enough, then hell yeah. No, what do you really want to do, Lisa? I mean, this is probably a platform to what? You want to go out for Saturday Night Live? Oh. Oh well, I, I was hoping to be a drummer and just do rim shots um, for people. <laughs> that's that's my goal. No, I mean, you know, 
here's the thing. Like, I, I feel like this is uh, maybe this is my midlife crisis or, or something because it was like it was weird to change careers like that and totally switch gears. Although I've always been a creative person and I've always been a smartass, so this was, you know, it, it was probably my fate to end up this way. But it's I feel like this is a completely different life now than what I've had before, and. You know, so I'm happy now. So I don't have a goal that's like, I have to do this, I have to do that. I am so happy doing stand-up comedy, and I just, I want to keep writing and, you know, doing funny projects that are creative and hopefully be successful at it, obviously. But, you know, there isn't one thing that I'm going after other than to just be a good stand-up comic. Well, being so, successful well, is usually, usually a good thing. Um now let me ask you what what places you mentioned Boston have you performed anywhere that we may know and and Mike my, my, you don't know Boston well I don't mean the town you fool obviously I know the town of Boston <laughs> what you is stupid it? idiot I'm talking about like a comedy club uh, you're such an idiot you're, you're fired Boston is north <laughs> yeah I know that's, but that's but pretty I'm funny that's a pretty good one yeah well thank you he's you know he, he, once in a while but um. My, my my question really is, is that, and as a stand-up comic, I know, again, he talked about Jerry Seinfeld, who would probably be like the benchmark of stand-up comedy, probably gets paid a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of money. Um, I mean, can you make a can you make a living as a stand-up comic? Or, I mean, are you, like, are you bagging groceries uh, on the side? You just don't tell anybody about it? I mean, tell us a bit about that. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to make a living as a stand-up comic, for sure. You know, even my friends who have are headliners and have had Comedy Central Presents and all the things that show that they're clearly successful, even they are usually broke. And, you know, you really have to do it for the love of it. But but I find that when you're a stand-up comic, there's like there's like a lot of other opportunities that arise from that. You know, TV shows love stand-up comics as writers, uh, for one. I mean, that's the first right off the bat that I think of. You know, that'd be a pretty sweet side gig to have, uh, you know, while you do stand-up comedy that you can, you know, write for a show. Or acting, obviously, you see a lot of stand-up comics in movies and TV. And for myself, personally, what I'm doing right now is I just do little acting gigs on the side uh, to help me support comedy. I make money with comedy, too, but it's definitely hard to pay all of your bills just doing stand-up, sadly. So, yeah, you're, everyone's broke. We're all broke, except for, like, if you've been doing it 30 years and you're as talented and brilliant as, like, Brian Regan, that's, like, one of the exceptions where he he made it just with stand-up, you know? Yeah, he, he's pretty funny. I mean, I listen to his stuff. and Like, I'm a huge fan of Jim Gaffigan. He's probably my, one of my favorite comics oh, right now. Oh, totally. Because his, his whole style is just so, like, stupid. He does his whole thing on, uh, and I'm sure you've heard it, this whole thing with Hot Pockets. And every time I have oh, one, yeah. every time I look at one, every time I think about <laughs> Hot Pockets, I think about Jim Gaffigan, you know, it's Hot Pockets. That whole thing that he does, it's, it's awesome. And then again, like a Jerry Seinfeld, who um, I was never a fan of his. I loved the Seinfeld show, but I never thought Jerry was funny until I actually, because I knew him, you know, my age at, at the time, I knew him from his show. But then going back to his actual stand-up and listening to it now as an adult, like it's just, to me, it's hilarious because it's such, you know, like he does a whole bit about buying watermelons at the at the supermarket, you know, or buying milk or whatever the case is. And that, to me, is, is right. genius. So in your situation, and again, being as somebody who's already heard uh, a set that you've done, what do you usually ins- uh, get your inspiration from? Like what, what do you, do you look at stuff and funny things that people do or... Where do you get your stuff to say, right, I'm going to do a bit on this, I'm going to make people laugh with this? Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. You know, I 
last night I did a show in a in my favorite little spot in Miami. It's a little record shop called Sweat Records, and they do a show once a month called Casa de Haha, and it's awesome. And I I always go there to try out new stuff. And uh, the thing I was trying out last night, I went into Outdoor World the other day, and they had uh, they had guns for women. Like they they sell guns there. They had guns for women. They were pink. <laughs> I felt very insulted, and it just just that little observation I'm starting to wield into a bit. Like I had a couple of funny lines last night. I got to listen to the recording so I don't fully remember what I said. But I, I just how I was mad, and I felt like somehow it's a weaker gun, and I wouldn't even want to shoot someone with that because I feel like, you know, I'm just trying to kill them by humiliating them, you know, and like. If, if 50 Cent got shot with a pink gun, like, he would not have any street cred whatsoever. That's just... <laughs> that's, that sounds like something my, my co-host would want to do, shoot somebody with a pink gun. Yeah. With a pink gun, where, right? Somebody doesn't know where Boston is. Uh, exactly. Uh, so, you know, something as silly and small as that, you know, may turn into a bit that I end up doing on stage. I had a couple of laughs of just playing around with it last night. But it's it's basically just that, just walking around your everyday life, you know, little things that you see that you just go, that's weird, and uh, you talk about it. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, last question for me. Are you going to use any of the stuff that we talked about today on your next bit? Oh, there's definitely nothing interesting here. Sorry, oh. guys. <laughs> this is just Good too stuff, dull. <laughs> and on that note, Lisa, kidding, guys. <laughs> no, uh, listen, we, we really appreciate you uh, you joining us for you know for a while and, and giving us some of your material as it were. No, definitely, and you know, hopefully, you'll be on uh, Nick Mom again, or you'll be on something else. You know, a big time TV show, and uh, you know, doing something oh. that you that you love to do. And you know, you mentioned the whole. Um, writers and then com- a lot of times they want comedians to be writers for sitcoms and stuff. Well, you know you're a funny lady, so hopefully yeah. you, can, you can wheel that into something and then we can make some money off of that. So uh, thank you so much. Lisa. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks guys. Up. Listen, I wish you guys a lot of luck too, and thanks for having me on the show. You guys are no, cool. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you hopefully in the near future when you've got your own uh, sitcom or something spectacular lined up, or maybe Comedy Central presents. Right, right. Hopefully, or I will just be lying in a gutter somewhere, and no one will want to interview me. Just well, for the cops. <laughs> Lisa, have All a right, guys. have a great one. Take care. Please don't go to any gutter. Bye. Bye. Bye, folks. That was Lisa Carrillo, comedian extraordinaire. Um, that was good stuff, sir. I, I have to I have to say, she was good. You know, she's the third comedian that we've had on the show. And uh, we've had some interesting, we've had some odd interactions with comedians in our lifetime, and I have to say that was probably the most positive one. I still remember Thor Ramsey going nuts for like 20 minutes on football and how much he hates Matt Schaub, which I still don't understand. And then Michael Jr. was so, he, and I know it's his style, but he was so dry. And he, Oh, so that's funny to you? You think that's funny? He was doing that whole thing to me, pretty much making fun of me at every chance that he got. So this, this was good. This was definitely good. Uh, you know, you had the three stooges, uh, Larry, Moe, and Curly, me, you, and Lisa. At the, I mean, that's pure gold right there. Oh, I thought you were you were talking about Nelson. I mean, he kind of looks like one of the one of the guys from the three stooges. I forget which one. Is it is it Curly? I, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sir, we have about I don't know seven minutes before we hit the top of the yeah. before we hit the top of the hour. What else do we have on the docket, sir? Sir, let's talk about for the next uh, seven minutes or so. Let's talk about. Because we never talk about it. let's talk about boxing. Because Manny Pacquiao 
was fighting Mar- Juan Mal Marquez. Juan Marquez, you fool. For the fourth time, and good God, you would think that, that this, this feud would be over, this fight would be over, but uh, shockingly. Bang, bang, bang. So in, in Pacquiao Marquez four because they've had four matches. <laughs> Gun gunfights and boxing those yeah. go those go hand in hand. You had Manny Pacquiao go down to Juan Marquez uh, in the sixth round. Uh, what a shot he took! Did you see the the shot he took in the sixth round? No, sir. I, uh, I didn't have a TV up until I I didn't have a TV or any kind of service up until Sunday in my new apartment. Uh, so no idea. Good to know. But the you know Pacquiao does lose and. Uh, the, the one thing I must say is this puts a huge damper on ever seeing a Floyd Mayweather versus Pacquiao match at this point. You're absolutely right, sir. And speaking of which, uh, we have a huge boxing fan on the line. Let, let's put Kelly on because uh, she wanted to to say something. Kelly, uh, you're calling us from Carney. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, there's really nothing. I'm just calling to say that there's really nothing more exciting than driving down Carney Ave and tuning on to 1640 AM and hearing... <laughs> Hearing the voice of your husband on the line and, and knowing that, yeah, you're married to him. That's awesome. And I just want to say congratulations, guys, because I know this is your two-year, December the, marks the two-year anniversary of uh, Pure Gold, and I just want to say congratulations on the year. Oh, and I really, so much. I'm not interested about Pacquiao or anything like that. You know I'm not into all that. Of but course, no. anyway, it's, it's I want to say congratulations to the both of you, and I love you. And you too, Joe. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I am here. Oh, you know what's funny is that when my dad and I, and I won't say who my dad is, but my dad calls the show all the time, and I never acknowledge. Shut up! I never acknowledge that he's my father. He just calls in, and he always tells us how great we are and how wonderful we are. So when I put Kelly on the line, I'm not expecting her to say, "Oh yeah, listening to your husband driving down the street." But Kelly, let me ask you: You were listening to our, our previous interview. What did you think about? Uh, what did you think about Lisa? I'm not sure if you saw that that bit that I saw, which is what led me to get her on. But it, it was pretty funny. But uh, curious, since you were the one who introduced me to Nick Mom, uh, give us your take on that. She was really funny. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I was trying to listen, but it wasn't, you know, I guess around here um, by our house, it's not so clear. But the, what I listened to, she was so funny, especially, like, at the end when she said, oh, yeah, you know, maybe the police will, like, to interview me. That was hilarious. <laughs> she, she, just, she seems like a really funny person. And, and, babe, you know where Boston is, okay? Come on. That wasn't what I was saying. I wasn't saying I don't know where Boston is. I was talking yes, about... Was. Yes, it was. Nelson. Shut up. Just... Nelson, you know you're talking about... I was about talking about a venue, like, have you played at, let's say, like a specific comedy club, Banana, I don't know, Bananas or something. I know there's comedy clubs all over the place. Uh, Uptown, you know, Upright Citizens Brigade. That's what I was talking about, not the town of Boston. I know where Boston is. <laughs> yeah. Shut well, up, anyway, we... I'll let you get back to your Pacquiao Marquez talk. I'm oh, sure it's course. very exciting. Oh, yeah. All right. Love you guys. And, um, yeah. <laughs> we, we love you, too. I love our callers. Thanks so much. And uh, have dinner ready for me when I get home. Thanks. Appreciate it. That yeah, was uh, ordered now. Bye. <laughs> that was Kelly uh, from Carney, uh, apparently married to Dave. Apparently. Huh? <laughs> I'm not sure who Kelly is. That's not my wife's name. So I have no idea who Kelly is. But that was great to look on your face when she said, I love you. You're like, really? 
That's great. I, I don't think your wife has ever told me she loved me, so we're going to have to have a little conversation about this later. Isn't this Kelly the call screener that we used to have back yeah, in the well, day? Yeah, we, we fired her beat because she just was doing a terrible job. She got pregnant. She got lazy. She got, you know, we just couldn't have her out anymore. So, you know, unfortunately, I'm just kidding, baby. I love you. Uh, unfortunately, when the baby was born, we had to kind of shift things around. But, yes, that is the infamous Kelly who was our call screener. And right now, that's something Nelson's supposed to be doing, but he's too busy putting, like, fart jokes and, and stuff uh, in, the, in the call screening queue. <laughs> so since you didn't watch Pacquiao Marquez, I, I, I'll tell you that round six was a great round for Marquez. Knocked him out cold. Let me ask you, sir. Um, this is their fourth fight, right? At this point, Marquez is 1-2 and... and uh, no, only 1-1. One, one. Oh, 1-1 one, one and 2? And tied 1, and Pacquiao is 1-2, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's 1-2 one, and 1, and Pacquiao is now 2-1 one, and 1. Sure. I mean, are they gonna? Are we going to have a part 5 to this? Have to. Look at, look at Manny Pacquiao. Look at his career. Now, this is something that I read today online. His mother, and they're very devout Catholics in the Philippines. i got to throw this out there. She actually said that the reason that her son lost is because he converted from Catholicism to Protestantism... And he basically like spit in God's face in a, in, in a manner of speaking. And it seems that ever since he did convert to Protestantism, it, like his hunger is not there. And I'm not saying that that's the case, but maybe he's just not focused on boxing anymore. I mean, is, is it possible that he found something that he finds more compelling than punching people in the face? Because he's lost a couple fights already, and the luster is off the Pacquiao uh, jewel, as it were. And that whole Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao thing, I mean, do people still want to see that? Uh, I don't know if they want to see. I don't think it's ever going to happen at this point. If it does happen, it's not going to be that huge money maker that everyone's talking about. That's the one fight that my even my dad said would order on pay per view. So that's that's saying a lot. But the, but that's they really dropped the ball on that because if they had done it even a couple of years ago, it would have made so much money. And I mean, the thing about boxing is who wants to watch it? It's just not that interesting anymore, honestly. It's not, and uh, it's rare that we talk about boxing. But this past weekend was a great fight between Marquez and, and Pacquiao. You're telling me that a six round fight. Was a great fight. Uh, yeah, you gotta see it. It's gonna be on HBO. You don't have HBO either. Uh, maybe catch <laughs> on YouTube. One, maybe catch on YouTube uh, one day. Yeah, at this point. So, yeah um, maybe. Maybe go to Nelson's house and we'll order it. Uh, you know, when it comes out on HBO next week. All right, folks, you're listening to Pure Gold seven one four three six four four seven two one. We're gonna take our final break at the top of the hour. We'll come back. We'll talk to Hans. Talk about Superman, the new movie coming out. We'll talk maybe a little about Star Trek, and we'll get to some other nuggets that we haven't gone to yet so far. You're listening to Pure Gold. On 1640 AM, Iron Bound Radio. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspectives. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappatelli, at puregoldpg.com. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin, or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. Live from 1640 AM, Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Folks, we are back here. Ironbound Radio, IR1640, puregoldpg.com, 714-364-4721. Once again, 714-364-4721. Folks, make sure to call on the show. How about anything and everything that tells it like it is? Oh, right now we are going to do a little talk. 
some good talk. And you know what? This guy, since he's back in our good graces, I'd like to play a clip here um, that'll set you up for work. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself. A reoccurring guest, nonetheless, on Pure Gold Radio. And what I want you to do is check out my friends, Dave and Joe, as they deliver nonstop entertainment week after week with amazing guests discussing everything from wrestling and sports to entertainment. You name it, it's talked about, and it's only talked about in one place, Pure Gold Radio. And you can find them at puregoldpg.com. That's puregoldpg.com. Thank you, Bright Lights. And, folks, I know we're going to touch on this later, but the guest list that we have lined up for next week's two-year anniversary, it's unbelievable. For, sir, we're talking double digits, but of course we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, thank you, Bright Lights, for that once again. Uh, he was actually driving Titus O'Neil and Darren Young to their next event at SmackDown, which was last night. Those guys are pretty talented, so we'll see where they go. Sir, we have the card right here in front of us. For those of you out there watching on camera, Joe and his little packet that he printed, not in color, by the way. You need to work on that. CM Punk got injured, so there had to be a change to the TLC main event. It was supposed to be him against Ryback in a table that was in chairs match, but instead we are getting Ryback, horrible name, by the way, with Team Hell No, a.k.a. Goatface, um, Daniel Bryan and Kane, versus The Shield, the talented trio of Roman Reigns, Mr. Dean Ambrose, and NXT, well, former NXT champion at this point, uh, Seth Rollins. Sir, I have a question for you before we talk about that. I mentioned the, go the Goat Horns thing. Boomer and Carton say this thing, gas, ho gas face, goat horns. What the hell is that? Do you know? Every Monday, um, there's always somebody, uh, a football player or a team, that just really stinks it up. And this all came back to when, I don't know if you remember, Jabba Chamberlain in 2007. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, do you remember all those mosquitoes and those little gnats against the Cleveland Indians? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they called it goat face. Uh, gas face goat horn. Gas face goat horn because Java <laughs> looks like a goat face. And the gas horn is just uh, just an insult to injury. On I was always wondering what that was. And the reason I mentioned it is because Daniel Bryan, they call him goat face. But, sir, give us your take on that. That is the main event now. Um, of course, when you look at it, Punk's injury throws a little bit of uh, cold water on the whole thing. But uh, give me your take, sir. Yep, TLC is this Sunday at the Barclays Center. First pay-per-view. In Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so first pay-per-view in uh, for WWE in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So um, I'm sure that they're a little upset that Punk is not defending his title against Ryback. But this match, you know, it's going to be good only because it's a gimmick match, in my opinion. It's a TLC match. Oh, of course, match. and you have very talented wrestlers in the match. Minus, minus Ryback, they're all pretty good. They're all pretty good, you're right. Ryback will have to take a backseat to Team Hell No and The Shield because... It's going to be a gimmick match. You're going to have Ryback probably spear people through tables, ladders, and chairs. And jackhammer people. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's Goldberg. Yeah, I, I don't care who wins this match. In fact, I look at the card, sir, and, uh, you know, you have John Cena facing Dolph Ziggler. And here's what really gets me. This is what gets his goat. It really gets my goat face gas horn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gas face goat horn. Right, that's what I said. Boston is north. <laughs> Lisa, come back on. I need a co-host. But, sir, what, what really annoys me is that. Dolph Ziggler earned a, a title shot, a World Heavyweight title yes, match. He earned a title shot at a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and all of a sudden Vince <laughs> thinks it's nice for him to put up this match. Wait, Vince, Vince thinks it's nice? Yeah, it's nice because he's been goading uh, Vicky lately. Hey, go horns? Gas face. Gas face. Go horns. <laughs> 
Dave is so sick right now. He's wheezing on it. Well, sir, I mean, John Cena and Dolph Ziggler, does, does that stipulation have to be in there where where Dolph Ziggler has to put up his his, uh, his world heavyweight title? Apparently, Brucey Fantasy is just nice, so we have to have Dolph be a nice guy and put up his title. Makes no sense. John Cena gets nothing. I mean, there's nothing for John Cena to lose. So, I mean, what is the point of this match? I mean... It makes no sense. Well, you know what? I, honestly, I think that they should book Cena to win so he can become the first guy to lose two Money in the Bank uh, title matches. Then, of course, you have Ziggler win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania. Dolph has held the, uh, the briefcase so long that he should just get a title shot at WrestleMania, honestly. I mean, I, I haven't liked the booking of any of this because Big Show should not be champion. It should be Sheamus. Beat Big Show. Have Dolph cash it in. But that's not happening. If Cena wins, then, of course, you have him in a, in a title match. He could fight um, Sheamus, let's say, at the Rumble or whoever's champion. It can't be Big Show and Cena. So if if Dolph um, loses this match and, and Sheamus wins, you can have a big main event at the Royal Rumble with Cena and, uh, and Sheamus and then have Dolph cash in after that, which would be great. Especially if Cena won and have Sheamus cash in right away. That would be awesome. <laughs> you just love that. Anyway, uh... No, well, I mean, you you know how I feel. You know, I don't like Cena. I don't like him in the main event. But if this is the angle you're booking, I think it's good because it promotes Dolph Ziggler. If Ziggler wins and overcomes Cena, that listens to another level, sir. Gas face Goldhorn. Indeed. Indeed. I look at the other uh, big match, and they have the World Heavyweight title, Big Show versus Sheamus, in a chairs match. And again, awful. Awful. But I bring up the Big Show because awful. we ripped wrestling a lot, and we the, uh, honestly, the reason why is because we care about the product. As much as we rip it, we want to see a good product. Big Show was on, uh, I guess... Gas face goat horns. Yeah, you, I guess you can consider our competitors. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> competitors? Are you kidding me? Are you, are you an idiot? Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, I think you get today's thing. You know what? You're right, because you texted me this morning, and you told me, and, and you know, of course, we spoke about this. We basically missed the entire interview because we were talking about how much we hated the interview. Folks, what pisses us off is that, yes, we're wrestling fans deep down. We love wrestling. Going back for me, WrestleMania 6, Hulk Hogan, the ultimate warrior, the ultimate challenge. But what bothers me is that guys like Boomer and Carton, especially Carton, they could care less about wrestling. They don't give a rat a toot about wrestling. They rip it. They rip the fans. They rip the Evan Roberts of the world. But yet John Cena goes on the show. I don't know if Triple H has ever been on the show, but I know Cena's been there, I think, more than once, and now you have the big show promoting their event. These guys could care less. Yeah, you're getting out there to an audience, but most of the guys who listen to Boomer and Carton probably don't like wrestling anyway. I feel like the WWE is whoring itself out to anyone, and that bothers me because go on shows like Busted Open where people care about wrestling. Don't go on this show. Or even Peter Rosenberg on Hot 97. He's a huge wrestling fan. Go on his show. Don't go on, on the show with these two goofs, especially Carter, who could care less about wrestling and think they were morons for being fans. I think the biggest discussion that they had, the biggest uh, thing that they were talking about was how Big Show has a 15-year-old daughter, and they're talking about how when she gets ready to date, how intimidating it's going to be to talk to the Big Show as a father. You know, when the, the, the boy that comes and takes his daughter out, should be very intimidating to talk to the Big Show. I mean, the biggest man in the world. Well, he's not the biggest man in the world, but yeah, he's he's a pretty much an animal. He said he's a he's a big goof though. He just jokes around and stuff. And I mean, I'm sure it'd be weird to have him as a as a dad, and then you know, see your friend's dad as this monstrous guy. But he seems like he's probably a great guy in real life. So you know, that that's kind of interesting, sir. I'm looking at this card here, and um, there's a Santa's helper, number one contender, Divas Battle Royal. That is terrible. I think that's going to be in the pre-show, and. Uh, just one thing I wanted to mention here. Last night on uh, the show, on the uh, uh, two nights ago, I'm sorry, Monday Night Raw, 
The Miz had uh, Rhodes Scholars on his show, which, of course, is uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Damian Sandow. And they were on his Miz TV show, and the Miz has gone full-blown face. And I think he, I think he's great in the role, honestly. Um, I know you've watched a little bit more than I have. What do you think about that? What do you think about him not being a heel anymore? Yeah, I mean, him and Punk had a really good interaction uh, this past Monday. Um, it was good to see. <laughs> it was good to see that Miz, um, he could really, uh, he's, he's really good. He's good as a face and good as a heel. Go back I actually to- think he may be better as a face. The way he was talking, I don't know. It's just he seemed almost more fluid. You know, again, maybe because his, his shtick got tired as a heel, but I think he's going to do a real good job, sir. Yep, so we'll see what TLC brings. We'll see what Raw brings. Uh, we're not too thrilled. No, we never are, but, again, we are fans uh, at the end of the day. And speaking of fandom, speaking of, of all of that business, speaking of gas face goat horns, let's go to our entertainment segment. Now it's time for some entertainment talk here on Pure Gold. And, of course, thank you, Anna, who will be on our show last week, or Anna, as she likes to say. Mr. Hans, we have another awkward entertainment segment. Have you on for a few minutes, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, and you guys? We're doing great, sir. Uh, Folks, well, you don't realize that this man, I have been friends with him for a very long time, and he is the most hurtful, abusive person I've ever met in real life, just offensive to no end. And yet he pretends this charade that he's a nice guy on this program. I just had to throw that out there. But, sir, let's talk about some television. Let's talk about some other things that don't relate to you being verbally abusive to your friends. Um, Joe's favorite show got canceled, Last Resort, which I thought was some type of uh, National Impulse Last Resort. And Joe likes nuclear. I like submarines. Really? (laughs) Give us your take on that. You remember what I'm talking about. Give us your take on that. I don't think enough people love nuclear subs like Joe did. That's why I got canceled. That's a good point. Sir, I mean, this is, take the floor, uh, Joe. You you were crying. You gas-faced goat horns. You were going nuts about the show being canceled because apparently you're, you're a bad, you're bad luck. Not that I believe in luck, but any show that you like is canceled right away. It's unbelievable. Let's go through the list. The uh, Night Rider, the events, uh, now the last resort or last resort. I told Hans in our production meeting earlier today, I said uh, if he could, because he has some time now, just to catch up on it so we could talk about it, maybe on the air or off the air. Either way, I think it's a great show. It's a shame that they canceled it. I don't understand how uh, networks work, honestly. I don't understand why you can't just switch a show that's not doing good in ratings and switch it to a different day and time and then try seeing if the ratings are better that way. Why do you just go and cancel the show after, uh, you know, signing on to, what, 13 shows? That kind of stuff boggles my mind, Hans. It, and it, it's an interesting point, Joe, because they could easily just switch the days. Who knows? I'm, I don't remember what days it, it's on or what it's competing against, but they could easily change the day. Maybe move it to a Wednesday, have it follow some other popular show. All these things that could bring the ratings up because it is a good show. I I stopped watching it as soon as I found out that it got canned. <laughs> yeah, he got pissed. He threw a tantrum. Huh? You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because our show that we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, Smallville, it was on like three or four different nights of the week, and we thought Friday night was a death knell, but it was on Friday for a couple a couple of years. So it is possible that a show can be switched and become successful because that show was li- literally on multiple times. I believe it. it Smallville covered all days of the week except for the weekends. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but this show got canceled, apparently. And what gets me about shows is that 
they develop these cult <laughs> followings and they become popular and then they get canceled. It seems like the good shows get canceled and the bad shows stay on the air. I don't understand that either because there's some pretty terrible shows that are still on the air that I believe that should just be taken off. They're not funny. They're not entertaining. And shows like The Last Resort, uh, what was the other one? 666 Park uh, Park, Park, Park Avenue, I believe, yeah, got canceled uh, the same, same day as uh, The Last Resort. Not that it was a good show, but it, it could have had a decent following. Um, but The Last Resort... Like Joe said, it, it is a good show, it, and I would have continued uh, following it, but I felt, what's the point? They're going to cancel it. They're taking it off the air. I could just watch it on DVD if and when they release it. But you have made a promise to uh, catch up so we can uh, talk about yes, it, right? Yes, I, I will be catching <laughs> up. Uh, I do want to see how they close out the show. And I will give the network uh, credit where it's due because they are allowing these shows to finish out. They're giving them their, their 13 episodes to wrap up their stories and and end it quite nicely. So that, that's the way it should be, that, though, because on that fans. behalf, they, they they are doing good by the audience and fans. Yeah, unlike NBC, who canceled Knight Rider midseason, which really... Uh... All right, shut up about that. Listen, we have to move on because time is advancing away from us. There's a couple of trailers that I want to talk about, the first of which um, is the new Star Trek trailer. Sir, this movie looks like it's going to be awesome. The first one was good, and I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but the first movie that they redid was actually very good, and this one looks like it's going to be good as well. And, and honestly, neither am I. I. I was never a big Star Trek, Star Wars fan. It, I could do without either of those, but when the movie came out, I had a newfound respect for the show. I, I could see why it was so popular. And I don't know if it followed the story at all, but it, it was a good movie. And this new trailer that's come that uh, was just released, the movie looks awesome. I can't really wait does. to go watch it. It's going to be awesome. It's called Star Trek Into Darkness. That trailer just, just sucks you in, and it looks like it's going to be interesting. Chris Pine's a pretty good actor, Zachary Quinto. It's got a great cast, and I think it's going to do it's going to do well. But speaking of, the, let, let's really get into this. Let's get into the trailer that we all want to talk about. Let's get into Man of Steel, that trailer was amazing. I mean, you you said off the air that it, that trailer was better than Superman Returns, the entire movie. Give us your take on that. You know, for the longest time, I have not been excited for this movie. With all the changes, uh, the casting, I, I was not excited for this. And you know, off with our off-air conversations, how, how badly uh, I wanted to hate this movie. But with this new trailer... It makes it hard to do that, and and like you said, um, I, I think it, that trailer, those two and a half minutes, are better than the last Superman movie that they churned out. It just looks amazing. It looks action-packed. Uh, Superman's story seems like it's going to be legit, and I'm not a fan of uh, movies going darker now or setting a darker tone, but I think it might do good for Superman to be seen in a different light now. Especially with what the story that they're portraying in, in the trailers. I agree with that, and I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if Lex Luthor is in it, and if he's not, I think it's a great thing, because he's been so tied to Lex. The fact that it's going to be General Zod, good thing. We talked about the casting. It's great casting, other than Amy Adams. And I mentioned something to you today. You finally gave me credit where credit is due. You called me a racist, but then you basically recanted on that. My whole reasoning for disliking casting 
an African American in the role of a Caucasian American like Perry White is because when you change their ethnicity, you change the entire person. Like Joe, Joe is Italian. If you made Joe uh, Swedish, I mean, he would be a completely different person. If they if we took you from you know the farms of Guatemala and we turned you into a nice Polish boy, I mean, you'd be a completely different uh, you know variation of your. You'd be, you wouldn't even be the same person. I mean. It, that's my whole point. That's, that's I just had to throw that in there. But Nelson actually has the trailer on, and we're watching it. And it looks—I don't know about this crazy homeless beard that he has growing, but the movie actually looks like it's going to be really good. And um, Joe mentioned something that you want to talk about, Sarah. The whole um, his dad being afraid, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, uh, Hans. Uh, from what I'm watching from the trailer, it seems like his father, who is Kevin Costner, uh, in great the, casting, by the way. Great casting. It seems like uh, they're trying to. Uh, portray this angle or this version of the of uh, Superman in terms of like you should keep it a secret, um, try not to uh, reveal who you are or your powers because uh, he's afraid. That, it looks like he's afraid that the government is going to see him as an outcast or as an enemy of the of the country of the world, and it's it's really of the country of the world. It's really interesting uh, to see. And that. I don't know. I, I'm I don't know where Boston is apparently, but the he's an enemy of the country of the world. What is that? Steve. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> but, you know, I like um, nuclear subs. They, yeah, they, like they did that in Smallville as well. It wasn't ever um, the parents' intention to, to be rich off of Clark's powers or want that him to be flying mistake. around saving lives. So they're they're extending these little parts or things in Smallville that they didn't really touch on, and they're making it into a bigger bigger movie whereas uh with the previous superman they took his time in smallville and made it into this 10 season show yeah basically and then of course they made him a stalker in the last film again my only at this point my only reservation is amy adams i just that whole strawberry blonde lois lane thing still bothers me but we've already come to terms with the fact that in these superhero movies the female leads are always terrible and it is what it is so we just kind of have to go from there it's the male character who's really the one that's going to hold the glue together anyway, the glue that's going to hold the whole thing together, but that trailer really the teaser didn't do anything for me but this trailer looks amazing and I think we can all agree on that We, we sure are all in agreement um, Now Sarah, we're, we're about to close out in a few minutes so we have another couple of things we, we need to get to um, you know. but as we let you go I'd like to give you a chance to be negative for a second you have hated on this film in private and I finally have come over to the light to see what you're seeing. The Hobbit? The Hobbit. And tell us why you hate it and, of course, why why I agree with you. Well, first of all, I hate all things Hobbit, Lord of the Ring-like. <laughs> I'm not into the whole Middle Earth, magicians, little people, and rings, and all that crap. I absolutely hate those just... stories. But the reason why this ticks me off more is because... The Hobbit is not a trilogy. It's a single book, and not even a long book at that. Peter Jackson, for whatever reason, and the only one I can think of is greed and the love of money, wants to turn this one book, uh, one story book, into a trilogy. He's literally taken maybe the first 20 pages of the book, 20 or, or 50 pages, whatever it is, and stretched it into one film and... He's doing that with the rest of the trilogy. That is the reason why I can't get down with with The Hobbit. And anybody who does should be smacked against the head 
with a lead pipe in the <laughs> kitchen. Yeah, and with that, uh, The Hobbit comes out this Friday, folks. So if you want to go see it, <laughs> if you want to go see it, make sure you bring a lead pipe with you. But it's a good point. I actually think it's. I actually think you overestimate. I think it's only like the first fifteen pages, and he just takes stuff from other source material. And I, I know the original Lord of the Rings trilogy; they were based on different books, which is cool. But then when you take this and you're forcing the issue and forcing a trilogy out of this, it really is all about making money. So I'm not sure how it's going to work or how much money it's going to make. Um, but we'll kind of see. We'll have to see where that goes. As Nelson is showing me some fan video of the last Superman movie, thinking it's the new Superman movie, but uh, that's not the case, Nelson. Uh, but anyway, sir, listen, we thank you so much for for being your usual negative self and and coming on the air. And hopefully, we'll be able to have you on again next week when we celebrate our two year anniversary. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity be, to be negative. <laughs> always, I always sir. appreciate that. <laughs> have a <laughs> what a fool. Have a good night, sir. Good night, gentlemen. <laughs> Gotta love Hans and negative Nelly that he is, and we have to hurry up, sir. We've only got a couple of minutes, and we still have to talk about next week's two-year anniversary. Yep, let's get to our final two topics, because uh, uh, Nelson... Yeah, Nelson will fire me if we're going to talk about some hostile baseball. The biggest uh, thing that just happened a, a day ago... <laughs> a day ago? Well, that's not bigger than just getting Zach Granke, but... Yeah, but around here, it's all about Kevin Euclid now being a third baseman for the New York Yankees. A one-year deal, $12 million. A lot of money. It's a one-year deal, though, sir. It's a Band-Aid. He was rejuvenated, though. When he went to the White Sox, he was rejuvenated. That whole locker room with the Red Sox apparently was poisonous, and, you know, of course, they fired Bobby V. But I think it's a great move by the Yanks, and I think that um, a lot of Yankee fans probably wish they could keep Euclid and get rid of A-Rod. So we'll see what happens with Euclid. Again, it's a one-year deal. You. If if he goes wrong and he bats 220 and strikes out 100, 150 times, then they just get rid of him. Mayrod, another another joke of a player that that guy's become. Uh, but you know, Euclid, people like it or spike it. You like it. Um, <laughs> some Yankee fans don't like it because he's a Red Sox. But you know, you look at the other Yankees that got signed. I mean, Johnny Damon, Roger Clemens, Babe Ruth, Wade Boggs. Um, the list goes on and on and on. So that's that's your big signing. You had the big trade earlier this week, though, sir. The Rays trade Shields for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs' top prospect. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs? Like the football Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, the Royals. Um, would that be Myers, their top prospect? Yep. So Damn. There goes Ari Dickey. Damn. Speaking of Ari Dickey, it, things, it looks like things have gotten... Yeah. Uh, negative in terms of the Mets negotiating with the uh, the R.A. Dickey trying to extend, give him a two-year deal. It looks like um, at this point there's a little bit of bad blood between the two. Well, considering the Mets have tried to trade him to so many different teams, I guess that's the, the case. And, uh, you know, I, I ripped it to no end uh, last week, so I have nothing else to say on this. So at this point, do you offer him two years for $30 million? If he doesn't take it, then you try to trade him at the trade deadline? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I like Ari Dickey. I think he's good, but we both talked about this. Their Mets aren't going anywhere, so yeah, I guess so. I mean, why not have him trade him if you can, get whatever you can for him, but at that point, his trade value is not going to be higher than it is now. Whatever the Mets are going to get is going to be a bag of balls compared to what they can get now. The fact that the Rays got um, that prospect, that sucks for the Mets, and I guess we'll have to see where they go from there, sir. So we'll see. That's hostile baseball for now. Um, as we close out, before DG goes into the laundry list of people that are going to call in tomorrow. They stink? I don't have a they stink. Do you have anybody? Well, I thought you had a they stink with Verizon, but I guess I could be wrong. <laughs> All right, play it. All right, uh, so, folks, this is truly our favorite segment of the week. Joe, you got to make a quick One more time for those of you out there. Please stink! About a week ago, folks. 
I had the unfortunate, unfortunate news that Verizon somehow was going to cancel my service on Thursday, December 6th. I called them up. All I explained to them was, I see you have a promotion for $79.99. I'd like to sign up for it with the Triple Play. They said that's not a problem. Come to find out it's only for new customers. It's a new promotional deal, not for existing customers. Not only that, sir, they canceled my service. I spent six hours on the phone trying to get my old service back. At that point, I called my prepaid legal program. I called my lawyer. I got seven on my side. I'm hoping Channel 7 comes up and does my story because I am so sick of Verizon. Verizon, you could go to hell for all I'm concerned. Uh, I cannot stand your customer service. I cannot stand your product. You are a farce. You should That's all I have to say. I'm so annoyed about that right now. And you're right, sir. That was a perfect day's thing. I, I, you, you put it on the run. I thought that's what you were gonna, you were gonna touch on, and I had to basically remind. Go to hell! That's how Joe feels about Verizon. Um, <laughs> Nelson says that Verizon cannot be a sponsor. Well, Verizon Wireless can be a sponsor, not necessarily Verizon the internet. I mean, it's, it's, it's different, as he likes to say. But folks, we're wrapping up here. Uh, of course, we want to thank Elisa Correo for joining us. Awesome guest that she was. Uh, Joe, is, you know, wrote her some fan mail. Nelson is in love with her. Um, just she did a great job. Of course, those fans out there, <laughs> I gotta love the reactions over there on the other side of the imaginary glass here. So, folks, next week, two-year anniversary of Pure Gold. Technically, um, Monday was the two-year anniversary when we signed up for Blog Talk. Go ahead. When we signed up for Blog Talk Radio, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> just got cut off apparently, or somebody nah, somebody fine. dropped it. But um, two years, and then the 16th is our first episode. So in between that, between the, this week and next week is the actual anniversary, which, of course, would end up being on Sunday. But the 19th of December, we are celebrating two years. And so far, we have lined up the incomparable Nikki Boyer. We have Brittany Dawn Brandon, who's going to join us, Kristen Ledlow, who was just on two weeks ago, Sahara Star. Anna Rodriguez, who has been with us for all of our big uh, events, such as our 100th episode, our one-year anniversary, et cetera, et cetera. She co-hosted with me one time. We have the incomparable Morgan Woolard. We have Bright Lights, Jarrett Foster, Laura Jean Salerno, WPIX, the one and only Lisa Mateo. We have Pyro Falcon. I mean, folks, this is an all-star lineup for all time. And, of course, Nelson will be here, but Nelson has not really been a part of our show for that long. But we want to thank all these people in advance. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have, like, five-minute conversations with everybody. And just It's going to be a love fest, basically, of them telling us how great we are and us telling them how great they are. But we're thankful to the 10-plus people. I'm still trying to work on Mr. Anthony Tyler Quinn, who may call us on layover. But, folks, there you go. Make sure you tune in next week. It's going to be amazing. For JB, this is DG reminding you, folks, to always keep it PG. And as I look for the sound bite here have a wonderful evening and check us out once again, puregoldpg.com. What's the name of your show? Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. Thank we'll you. talk to you next week, folks. Have a good one. Peace. Woo!